4: Season is ready to tip off, and now's the time to grab your Vison Pro basketball betting guide with season prep on all 30 teams. Our hoops experts, including Jonathan Von Tobel, JVT, provide strategy and advice as well as predictions for conference winners, win totals, playoff teams, and player awards. We also have five betting tips for beginning NBA betters. If you're just joining us, give yourself an edge this NBA season and get the VCN NBA betting guide by becoming a VCN Pro subscriber today. VCN.com slash subscribe. And that's the important part about these guides now, right? Right? Is that you need to become a Can't subscriber, buy them all and you get everything.
5: We used to sell them for like twenty nine 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 or whatever it was. Can't do that anymore. You're a Veasan Pro subscriber. You get all the stuff that we do. You're going to get all the guides. And here's the thing: you're going to get guides that you didn't even know that you wanted, but you get them along the way, like the NHL guide, which yeah. I got, and I actually read like four or five chapters in that thing.
4: You made two bets. And based I made on two what bets you read. Based,
5: based off of the things. Yeah, Andy and
4: McNeil did a great job on the NHL guide. JVT did a great job on this guide. This
5: NBA one, I we I actually started. I actually started reading it last night. I am trying to make sure that I am aware I of are, all things. What
4: you're doing when you read the NBA guide, though, is you're just like looking for Pelican stats to just reaffirm how much you love them this year. That's right. all that you're doing. I know we, you. We basically, I know.
5: We ba- this is a two-hour two show. We basically talked Pelicans for three hours yesterday <laughs> on the show. Like, like it was it – was, it was, it was lo- there was a lot of Pelicans talking. Zion's
4: looking healthy. He's well, in shape. He's didn't come into camp looking a little thicker. John,
5: John agreed with a good bit of the Pelicans' takes on things that it could be a, a very interesting team maybe not built for the long haul but certainly built for like an over on a win total certainly built for maybe even kind of a long shot as like a you know you can you can bet them to like actually be one of the top six seeds and not have to be in the playoffs so there's there's all kinds of different ways that you can bet and he was you know he was
4: he was feeling what I was did he give you anything on. on the hornets by chance when I'm curious going... his outlook I got to read their, their well, chapter yes, in the guide Yes. Up tonight
5: and well because the news came through yesterday right before we went on air that there's going that there's a LaMelo ball situation in And so with that, he was down on them anyway. And if anything, that would make him even more down on them. So, yeah, that was, uh, yeah.
4: Speaking of teams that were down on or high on, yeah, I used to live in Charlotte. I know, but so you just adopted them? I, well, I'm a fan of wherever Kawhi Leonard goes, um, being a San Diego State person, because NBA wasn't something that, like, in my blood I've always cared about deeply mm-hmm. until I started betting. So then I'm fans of, like, teams that I bet. But Kawhi, I've just been a Kawhi traveler. Wherever he goes, I follow. Go Aztecs, baby. Aztec for life. And then the Hornets, because I was just at games all the time, you start to just, like, want them to not be bad. And that's how I feel about them. Is I just want them to not be bad. But if there's an opportunity to bet on their season win total under or anything like that, then I might take advantage.
5: It's me. That's me. In that's me with basketball, baseball, and hockey because there's none of the. I had none of those Mm -hmm. growing up. Right. I mean, like, so I'm not a Pelicans fan. I just think the Pelicans are going to like. Good this year, so like I just want to have some futures like tickets on them and stuff like that. But I'm like I'm not a Pelicans fan. I'm not like sweating every game or anything <laughs> yeah. like that. There was no baseball team within hundreds of miles of where I grew up, so like no real allegiance on a baseball side of things. And hockey, literally not a hockey team within like 800 miles of where I grew up. Like whenever I was growing up, because Dallas yeah. didn't have a team. They, they moved from Minnesota. Think, like, what like, would
4: you root for regionally? Like Tampa? I
5: think the closest team when I was growing up would have been like St. Louis. Like, like like that would have been like the closest hockey team to where like I grew up. So I didn't even see hockey until the finals of the playoffs every year because there was no regional sports networks. You know, like when we were kids.
4: So interesting. So yeah. Okay.
5: So that's why like I don't have uh, my hockey knowledge is super small. Mm-hmm. I don't really get a feel for the game all that much. You, you know? just
4: you just love talking about the Kraken. You got, Rangers? You got no, your-
5: Rangers. <laughs> Capitals. There we go. Anybody but the
4: Kraken. Anybody but the Kraken. Anybody yeah, it's bad. Kraken. Did you see their new mascot by the way? It is people love it in Seattle, from what I understand, but it is the creepiest little mascot I've ever seen. Please, people in Seattle, don't yell at me for that. But it is, is it? very creepy. Is you have to Google right, it in I the might, next I, commercial yeah, break. Next break. But yeah. uh like I said, though, speaking of teams mm-hmm. that we're high on, lower on, we re-updated our NFL power rankings because we couldn't do it yesterday. We're doing it today. <laughs> and you'll notice a theme on mine. I have a lot of teams that have worked their way up uh, in my rankings (laughs) or they're just out essentially. So um, our top four teams though, we are in line with here. We both have kept the Eagles at one Buffalo bills, two chiefs, three and the San Francisco 49ers have moved up in both of our rankings to four with what they've been able to do here the last couple of weeks.
5: This is a big prove it week though, for the Eagles. Like I, you know, Last week, I bet the Eagles. They didn't cover. It, it was, you know, it was a loss. But I was, I was never really worried over the course of that game that the Eagles were going to lose that game. Really, I mean, I understand it came down to the field goal and all that. But just it was, it wasn't one of those games where it felt like you were just waiting for the Eagles to lose, and it, it never really got that way for me. Now this week, though, I do think it's a is a is a prove it game, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's they. If there was a if there was any sort of look ahead stuff that went on and all that that we tried to, we asked uh, Mike Mike Pritchard about that. This past week, and he was like, you know, look, older teams, been there, done that, maybe, but like a young, hungry team like the Eagles with a bunch of young guys and a bunch of dudes that have never really been there, done that. He's like, I don't, I can't really see that, you know, being the case with that team. So I mean, it, but against this Cowboys squad, certainly uh, a prove it week for them. The Bills do move up a spot for me. You already had them at two. It, look, what can you? You really can't even poke holes in this team anymore. Like through injury that would have devastated most teams on a in ve- at very important positions on the defensive side of the ball. They're just coached so well in scheme so well that it, it I mean I'm not going to say it had no effect because it obviously had an effect, but it just they they still just look like the Bills out there.
4: I contemplated honestly flipping them and putting Bills back at number 1, but mm-hmm. the Eagles because they've shown how versatile and like mm-hmm. the different ways that they can win as well, whether they in the situation with the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? Like they're down, they find a way to come back. They continue to have the dominant second quarters win the game last week when their backs up against the wall, looks like Arizona could pull this thing off. They still find a way to win and survive in advance. And so I like that mentality. There's that something we have to be said Eagles. for winning ugly, right?
5: Yeah, I mean, there, exactly. is, there is something to be and, said for winning ugly. And
4: they ugly. can do a little bit of everything, mm-hmm. right? Like defensively, they're strong. They've got the quarterback that can be able to pass the ball Mm. down the field. He's effective at getting the run game moving. He's mobile as well. The offensive line, when healthy, um, is very strong up front. So there's a lot of things I think to like about the Eagles um, on both sides of the ball moving forward. So they're deservedly still number one. The Chiefs, despite the close call with the Raiders, the reason why I I thought it was important to keep them up high on the list is because similar to, like you're talking about, win ugly Mm. games, the Raiders had their backs up against the wall. They needed that win. They had to have it. They had it in their hands, and they still weren't able to do it. And I, I thought that was extremely impressive for the Chiefs to be able to pull out the win, even if it wasn't the way we wanted it to be.
5: Yeah, I think the team that has, that is maybe on the shakiest ground for me is probably the Niners at four and mainly... oh be- you!
4: I love well, moving them up well, there. They deserve it, baby. It,
5: well, it's just because of their injury situation. I mean, like, it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse and is worse. Is it bad and,
4: that I still like and, them this week? And
5: so, well, no, it's no, but it's just one of those things where, you, you know, I think that they are at least on the most shaky ground for me because... It's not not their fault. It's just guys keep going down and guys keep going down and guys keep going down and getting nicked up and all that. And it's just, you know, if they're not not that dominant defense, I don't think we're ever going to be in love with the offensive side of the ball. And so if they're not that dominant defense, then it certainly changes the profile of what we think about that squad. So that's the only thing for me. But again, I still have them at four. So it's not like I I didn't knock them down too much or anything. It's
4: five and a half on the road in Atlanta this week. And I did bet it. I just... Mm -hmm. I, I hope that I don't live to regret it, but I just think that they're still significantly better on both sides of the ball, especially defensively, even with the injury. And And as you talked about
5: Monday, they did the smart thing and stayed on the East coast Mm -hmm. and didn't, they're not doing the whole like back and forth travel thing and all that.
4: And that's super, that's a really interesting thing that I think is a little bit underrated about what they've done with Kyle Shanahan Um, in his tenure, the four times that they have gone to the East coast and they've played those two games and they've stayed out there. They haven't come back. They're 4-0 ATS and straight up on that second game. But that's also good food for thought to think ahead to next week potentially Um, because the first game back after that, they're 0 and 4 in those categories mm-hmm. once they come home in those first games back. So I don't, care, I don't know if you like those trends if you care about, them, but they do a good job with with the East Coast trip then, since they've well, been with Kyle Shanahan. And he lets them stay at the Greenbrier, so you
5: know <laughs> it's like it's like it's not like they're slumming it or anything. They're not at the Motel 6. They're at the Greenbrier, you
4: know. So I know the Ravens defense isn't uh, hot to trot, but I still have them up high on my list. I have them at five, Cowboys six, Vikings seven. You're very high on the Vikings.
5: Yeah, I mean this is so basically. The Vikings and the Ravens are the same team to me, but I like the offense of the Vikings better, right? It's like it's two good offenses with two pretty bad defenses, but the offenses are so good that they're probably still going to win a good bit of games. But I just like the Vikings' offense better, which is why I have them ahead of ahead of the Ravens. The Bucs are Even up. The Bucs a lot higher. Yeah, than me. the Bucks are up at five for me because it's just I'm I'm seeing the trend of the health thing with them, right? Like every everybody's starting to come back. Everything's getting a little bit better for Brady and company and all that. And so, and, and again, that defense is just is still really good. It's still one of the top five, six defenses in all the NFL. And so they don't have to be perfect every single week. It's kind like the Niners we're talking about, right? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like they don't have to be perfect every single week on offense to still win games because that defense is going to bail them out so many times this is where the things get wacky right when you get to like 8 9 and 10 because one any of those teams could be 8 9 or 10 you could you could tell me that hey the cowboys are too low or it should be higher cowboys shouldn't even be in the top 10 whatever like any of the 8 9 10 for me is kind of like a you know put it in a put it in a hat pull out a name and that's what it's that's where they fall.
4: I could have, yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like, my bottom five teams, I feel like I could kind of maneuver a good amount of ways. I think no matter what, I would have still had the Packers at 10. You don't have them in on your list at all. The Rams fell out of both of our power rankings as well. I do not like what I've seen no, from uh, Matt Stafford, no. especially well, it's we, been brutal.
5: And we said, yeah, we said last week, we were like, the team that could plummet would be the Rams. And sure enough, like that, that's the team that plummeted. And I didn't, they, they actually wouldn't even be, the Packers are 11 for me, and so the, yeah, Rams aren't even like in the top dozen. I don't think for me.
4: No. no. So
5: that's that's kind of how far they fall. And you don't have the Chargers in there.
4: Though. I'm just not a believer yet, especially mm-hmm. after what we saw last week, where they probably sh- they should have lost that game.
5: I mean, but they won. And they won shorthanded, and, like, they're finding ways to get this done shorthanded. I don't think
4: that it's – I think based on the impressions that we have about the Chargers and the way people talk about them, that is a game that should never have been in question, even with the health issues.
5: Chargers Packers today on a neutral field. Who are you – who are you – who are you taking? Hmm. See? 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 you take the Chargers. See? You would.
4: I probably would. Mm -hmm. I probably would. (laughs)
0: This is VSED's final countdown with Stormy Bonatoni and Matt Brown on VSED, the sports betting network.
4: Your next win is brewing. Play free fantasy baseball, football, and basketball with draft time matchups presented by Miller Lite. Draft wins in 13 contests and compete for your share of $41,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Miller to get in on the action now. Miller Lite, great taste, less filling. 21 and up only. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Celebrate responsibly. Ooh. Okay. I like that, Instead right? Of, yeah,
5: so we're going to celebrate responsibly. Yeah. And I mean,
4: that's a good lead up because how many Miller Lights are going to get cracked in the Major League Baseball playoffs as we continue to roll along here? Excited to welcome in good friend of the show, Steve Buchanan, Major League Baseball and NFL betting analyst over at DraftKings at SBuchanan24 on Twitter. Nowhere of all things that are going on right now, and it has already been hectic and fun between the wild card and these opening games of the division series, and a game that we thought was going to be underway right now between the Phillies and Braves is in a delay, Steve. I just saw um, that the suggested time is apparently 7.30, 7.45 Eastern, roughly, to get things going there, but the Phillies with the early lead in the set, the Braves have not dropped back-to-back games against the same opponent since April. Do you think that they're in a good position to bounce back here? here today
7: yeah very much so I think it's going to be a very low scoring game you know Kyle Wright's been phenomenal for the Braves Zach Wheeler of course has been phenomenal for the Phillies so I think a low scoring game here but Braves have one of the best records coming off a loss during the regular season I think it was 40 and 21 coming off a loss this season so they're definitely in a good position uh to even this series up against Zach Wheeler
5: I was talking about this this Phillies team just overall, Steve, and I'm wondering what your feelings are here. It seems like of of all the teams that are in the playoffs, of a team that could get hot and actually make one of these kind of Cinderella runs, it would be a team that basically has bats kind of one to seven that you really fear. And then even eight and nine, uh, you're, you're not just getting a cakewalk for it. You know, if, if those bats really just get hot for two weeks, I think the Phillies are kind of that low seed, the team that nobody really was thinking could, could make that run might actually be able to do that.
7: No, for sure. But I think there's two major flaws with the Phillies, and this is why they'll stop short of winning it all. Their defense, most importantly, their defense is putrid. Don't let that Nick Castellanos catch the other day fool you. That is not what you're going to normally see from the Phillies. And then their bullpen took a major hit with Robertson going on the I.L. from celebrating a Bryce Harper home run, strained his calf, and now he's kabush. He's gone. Um, not exactly what you want to see heading in the postseason, but those are two major flaws on the Phillies. Um, so I think those would end up being their detriment as we go along with the playoffs. But you're right. At least offense-wise, rotation-wise, they definitely have the talent to do it, but I think those are two major issues they have, and that's going to end up being their downfall as we move forward.
4: Well, you mentioned tonight you think it's going to be low scoring. Are you riding with the under? Or what's your approach to betting this one?
7: yeah there was actually one play that i liked a lot it was taking zach Wheeler to go over five and a half strikeouts tonight going up against the braves uh in the prior starts that he's faced him an 11.3 k9 against them during the regular season he's gone over that number of five and a half in 16 of the 26 starts that he's made all three of them against the braves two as well had no less than seven in any of those matchups so i saw that number I thought it was very confusing why it was uh priced so low i would expect six and a half if that's been the case but hey they want to give us five and a half no complaints from me fine i'll, I'll mm. take the over and, and and win the bet i mean who am i gonna do uh, alarm the sports book <laughs> that the number is on forget it i tell everybody else to go bet it, and then the sports right will know the there number we go fine. that's
4: mm. how it happens i have a quick question for you on a prop i was contemplating Would like your sure. opinion on uh, do you think that Bryce Har- Harper can stay a little hot here? I liked his over one and a half total bases at plus 120. I think it's plus 115 now, but he just looks like he's starting to get into a groove a little bit better since coming back from the surgery in that thumb. Uh, homered in game two of the wild card, three for three with the double in game one. What do you think?
7: Yeah, the power hasn't been there since he's come back. And obviously with the type of injury that he endured, uh, I don't think it's out of the case, but Kyle Wright's been so good against the Phillies. Actually this season, he only let a 20% hard hit rate against him. So the Phillies just were not drawing any hard contact when they did face him earlier in the year. Uh, That was in two separate matchups. So I don't think it's a bad play, especially where he hits in that lineup. Obviously uh, he hits third in the lineup there. So if you're getting it at the right price, I think it's definitely something you want to look at, but certainly the power has not been there for hard. So it might take a couple hits to go over that total basis problem.
5: Steve, let's go to the late game, which actually is going to end up being about the same time as this one because of <laughs> right. the rain delay. But Padres and the Dodgers, you Darvish, Clayton Kershaw, minus 190 right now in the Dodgers, plus 160 for the Padres, a flat seven as your total. What are you looking at here?
7: I like the under of three and a half runs through the first five innings. So, just focusing on the starting pitchers in this matchup here. I mean, the Padres have only been able to scratch across one run against Clayton Kershaw in the 12 innings that he pitched against him during the regular season. Kershaw has been so good since coming back into the rotation in the beginning of September. Hasn't allowed more than two runs in seven straight starts now and has gone at least six innings in five of those games. Darvish. Four starts against the Dodgers this season, seven total runs, a 2.52 ERA through 25 innings against them. The Dodgers hit just 191 against Darvish during the regular season. This is just a long winded way of me saying I uh, like the under three and a half runs through the first five innings here. I think we're going to see another really low scoring game, but just kind of keep it safe here because the bullpen's can be so unpredictable. So give me under three and a half runs in the first five innings.
4: Something that I liked in this game was Clayton Kershaw over the four and a half strikeouts. The odds are tough at my Minus 150, but his last 13 starts, he struck out at least five batters, 10 times average is 6.61 per start. Um, Been over the strikeout per inning all season long, struck out eight guys in seven innings his last time out against San Diego. And in the two starts against the Padres this year has been really good. I saw you were looking at an alternate way though, to bet on Kershaw in this game. What do you have?
7: Yeah, I like the outs recorded over 15 and a half. You're getting that at minus 120. This is a number that he's gone over in 12 of the 22 starts that he's made once in one of the starts he made against the Padres, but he hasn't faced his Padres club since July. Um, But like I mentioned, uh, he's been very tough on the mound since the beginning of September there, and they only got five innings out of Urias in the last game that they played. I think they want to stretch Kershaw out as much as they can, kind of conserve that bullpen a little bit because people really aren't giving the Padres a shot in this series which i think is a little bit shocking because when you really look at that lineup that team overall there are very strong teams so i think they need kershaw to go as deep at this game as possible so when you get a number like 15 and a half it gets a strong number to go over at minus 120 so i like kershaw to go at least six innings in this game here tonight
5: Steve, let's flip over to the NFL, and of course, the game that everybody's watching this week. I've cleared my schedule. I can't wait. I'm going to be oh, yeah. so co- completely mm-hmm. focused. I'm going to take like the neurotropics. I'm going to have nothing but brain. Your
4: sarcasm is killing me. Listen, I'm going to
5: have my brain so focused on this Commanders Bears game on Thursday night. I cannot wait. It's going to be a barn burner. We all know that it is. Let's let's look right now as we sit. You can actually get either team favored by one, depending on which sports book you go and look at right now. So this one's been toggling back and forth across the zero for the last week. Um, sitting about 38 on the total. And uh, yeah, I was kidding about the barn burner, and you don't think it's going to be either.
7: No, I, I mean, look, we're all, you know, how did we get these primetime games? That's, <laughs> that's what I want to know. That's what I want to know who makes these type of decisions. Mm-hmm. Because if it's a primetime game, I don't want to be taking the under. But that's mm-hmm. been the play all season long. Primetime unders have gone 11 and 5 this season, and I know like a total of 38 just feels like it's absurd, but like even dating back to last season, Thursday night unders have crushed 15-6 and in that type of scenario. The problem is, if you like the over, the problem is both of these teams create a lot of pressure on the opposing quarterback. And look at how much these opposing quarterbacks have been under pressure. Justin Fields has been under pressure on 48% of his dropbacks. The man can't get a clean pocket to save his life. Carson Wentz at 35%. And then these two quarterbacks combined have been sacked 38 times this season. This is only week six. We're talking about five weeks worth of football, and we're almost 40 times between the two quarterbacks here. With those type of numbers and kind of what you're thinking about here with the total, you know, I think it's going to be very difficult to go over 38 points, which is dreadful because this is the only game that's going to be on. You'll be watching me watching MLB on Thursday, that's for sure.
4: And if there are a few things that we also know about Carson Wentz, it's not only that he's going to get taken to the ground, but it's that he's going to probably cause a turnover in some way, shape or form. Largely a game breaking one. If you want to throw it in the end zone against Mm. the Titans at the two yard line, you do you, but you're betting on him to do it again this week. Why?
7: Amazingly. He has six interceptions on the season. Five of them have come when he's working with a clean pocket. So if he's not getting thrown on his back, when he's got a clean pocket, then he's throwing to the other receiver. There's no excuse for that. But that's okay because I will take him to throw an interception in this game. He has dropped back to throw more than any other quarterback in the league. He's averaging over 48 dropbacks per game. So if he's doing it that often, there's bound to be mistakes to be made, and like I've already said, he's done that six times already this season. This would be a play that you would have cashed on in four of the five games that the Commanders have played so far this season. I'm surprised this is only at minus 130. I think as we get closer to the game, you'll start to see this move a little bit more, but Carson Wentz to throw an interception in a game where he should be under a ton of pressure, which has basically been all season long. Give me that one there, minus 130.
4: Steve, you're the man. Thanks for joining us. All
7: right, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks.
4: Yep, Steve Buchanan every Wednesday here on VEASAN Final Countdown. Great stuff from him. Follow along on Twitter at S.Buchanan24. And, yeah, six interceptions in five games so far. Just one game that Carson Wentz has not thrown a pick.
5: And as we mentioned, there is a rain delay in that early game. So, you can get in on his plays in that one. He's got Wheeler over five-and-a-half strikeouts. And then, of course, the late first pitch coming to you, 835 Eastern. That is first five under three-and-a-half. And and Clayton Kershaw over 15-and-a-half outs.
4: I also think that I'm going to get involved on the under for the game in general just feels like that type of game with these pitchers and the bullpens as well. Uh, don't go anywhere. I am breaking up with betting a team when we come back. You won't want to miss it.
0: This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatone and Matt Brown on v the Sports Betting Network.
4: Lace up your skates with BetRivers Online Sportsbook, your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts this hockey season. The action started yesterday right at puck drop for the Tuesday night first goal insurance promotion check out betrivers.com or download the bet rivers app every tuesday and place a first goal scorer wager on any game it's a whole new game and now the show will take a more somber turn in what is a sports betting breakup it's very emotional you
5: need the cry face out
4: but we're also calling this it's not me it's you because for me in this situation the team that i'm breaking up with is the utah utes And it feels a little bit like they're your first love, your high school sweetheart. Every time that you see them, the feelings start coming back, like this time it's gonna work. Maybe it's not gonna work. Maybe you have to sit down and have an honest conversation with yourself that even though there's a past, They've treated you terrible. And that's what's happened with me and Utah football. This is a team that is 4-2 straight up and against the spread. Both of those losses, guess who very publicly backed them to not only win but cover those numbers against Florida and UCLA? That would be this girl. Uh, the one game I said, hey, Oregon State, they're going to keep this one close. They're going to keep it competitive. What happens? Chance Nolan gets hurt. They're down to their third-string quarterback, and Utah stomps them 42-16. to 16. This week... Utah has USC Matt. They are a three, three and a half point home favorite at Rice Eccles Stadium. Sportsbooks are begging you to back the Trojans in this spot. Not me. I'm saying, you know what, Hyline, Hyline, Utah. I want to just, you know, I'm a glutton for punishment. I just want to keep going and and betting Utah. This is, the music is all in jest and it's all in good fun. But seriously, I think that I have to step away from this team, Matt, and stop betting them because whether I am betting on them or against them, they are doing me dirty and it's really hurting my heart and my ego and my bankroll.
5: The thing is, is you had a gigantic. Gigantic affinity for this team heading into the season, yes. and so you—you were—you were—you were clouded. You were just—you're a little clouded still, and it's probably still there, and you just don't want to let go just quite yet, and you want to play this game this week. And I know I want to go- play it, and you're so to, bad, and you're going to. Here's the thing: if you're just being honest with yourself,
4: you're I want going to bet to. Utah minus three. So you're bad going at home.
5: to. You know you're going to. It doesn't matter. They're no the one- better
4: all-around team.
5: I will not. They're the
4: better all-around team. Okay. Like it's that simple.
5: That's all that really matters then. I'm going to tell you right now. I will not I will not clown you for that. When the bet does not get home on Monday, <laughs> we will come in here and I, and when USC wins by wins by 11, this past They've thing.
4: got the tough rowdy crowd on their side. They've got the altitude. I think that their front is going to really test USC on both sides of the ball in this game. Their defense has been good, but they're not what everybody's making them out to be. And I know offensively, Caleb Williams, the show, they've been tremendous. Travis Dye, Jordan Addison, they have all the name value. They have the talent. And I think that they are probably the more talented team, but the more talented team doesn't always beat out the better coach team, the all-around team that has things together. And I feel like this is a really ticked-off Utah team at home. Cam Rising had a horrible day against UCLA. I think he's going to be in a little bit of a revenge spot. Uh, Not revenge, but redemption spot for himself after having a bad day. I like Utah so much in a bounce back, but I need to practice restraint.
5: Here's the thing. You're gonna bet them, and it's okay. I'm not going to hold it against you. I
4: said in our chain that if you were to have a betting breakup, it would be with teasers because they've been so bad. But I think for you, whereas like Utah's my high school sweetheart that I just have, I can't let go of because we've had this thing in the preseason and it was really special. Like yours is the six, the relationship that you stay in six months, eight months, a year too long just to try to make it work. Like that's how you're at right now. It has
5: been. It has been absolutely brutal. I mean, seriously, like these ones where not only that not only did I think that they were super strong, like I thought they were strong enough to put them into like multiple multiple different bets, right? And so it was like the leg was so strong that became the anchor with a few other different teams. The problem is that the anchor has been sinking fast every like (laughs) every single week so far. And it has been just absolutely terrible. I mean, and here's the problem. There are multiple games this week that if you're following by the method and you're not going by small sample size stuff and if you're not getting being prisoner of the moment where it's like, hey, it's been bad for four weeks, so you know, I, I've got to abandon all this stuff. Like there are there are multiple where you look and you're like, if I if I do this and I've done this for the last 10 years, I have to look like I have to play the commanders at plus seven. In a game that only has a 38 total, like I mean, you have to do that. Like I don't want to ever have a bet in my account that says Commanders next to it, but like you have to do that. That is just it's that has been a very profitable leg of a teaser for so many years. And I understand we're in a little bit of a different era of of football right now, but I mean, you know, the Bears don't complete forward passes too incredibly often, and so like this should be keeping it within eight points and a 38. But I'm terrified. To put this into it in my account. It's not in there yet. And it might not even get in there because I have been burned so badly at the beginning of the season by all these teaser legs where I'm like, I'm I've got to yeah. calm down, take a step back, and realize, hey Matt, you can't overreact to this. It's still a small sample size, and you should be doing what has been profitable for a very long time.
4: Yeah, I gotcha. I still feel like Utah is gonna get it together and they have a chance to still win the Pac-12 championship, even though they've got two losses. I, give you, sad, I give you that being said, I give you full
5: permission to dog me whenever I come in here on Monday and, like, every teaser, like, just loses. Like, at that (laughs) point. I feel like
4: that's what's going to happen is I'm going to eventually bite the bullet. Ridicule
5: me in front of everyone.
4: I'm going to bite the bullet and probably bet Utah, even though I just had this very public breakup and divorce, and we're going to have this whole thing where the teasers are bad and Utah's bad. At least there's one team in Utah that I can bet successfully, and that's the BYU Cougars. I've done well on them this year, especially this past week, fading them against Notre Dame. They've got Arkansas this week. And the line flipped because KJ Jefferson is now schools, expected BYU to be back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah this is yeah. a little bit of a different yeah, environment.
5: Very, very, <laughs> very same school. You could just you could just like swap the campuses and like no one would even know. Just the whole student, <laughs> yeah, just all the students go to the different school. Yeah.
4: BYU was a three-point favorite. Now they're getting one and a half with KJ Jefferson presumed to be um, back, starting. He suffered that head injury against Alabama a couple weeks ago. Missed this past week's game against Mississippi State, but I'm like really concerned about Arkansas's defense, more so than I am their offense, KJ Jefferson or not. Like, they have been gashed the last two weeks for a mm. combined 89 points. Their secondary in particular, 307 passing yards a game allowed, 127th in the country in pasty, e, and BYU's been throwing the ball a good bit better now that they've got their receiving weapons back.
5: Yeah, it's this is, it's, I get what you're saying. It's like one of those games where you look at it and you're just kind of like, uh... I want to go this way so badly, yeah. and there's just something about it that tells me I shouldn't. And,
4: and I'm I've, I'm so mad that I didn't get in on the total on this game earlier because mm-hmm. I really liked it when it was 59 and a half. Now it's 66, 66 and a half, and I like it less and less by the day.
5: Yeah, it, it makes
4: you. <sighs> if BYU's number gets higher, I might have to jump in, but it needs to get higher.
5: I feel like I feel like getting points with BYU would be the way to go, but it's just... It is
4: to some places.
5: Yes. Like, I feel like getting points with BYU is the side, but at the same time, I just... Something feels weird about it.
4: Yeah. Six ranked-on-ranked games coming up on Saturday, most notably... Number three, Alabama, a a seven-and-a-half point favorite at Rocky Top, taken on number six, Tennessee. Total has come down from 66-and-a-half. I'm seeing 65s largely around here. College game day on Rocky Top. Uh, Should be a fun, interesting game. Uh, The big question mark, of course, is... Bryce Young, and whether or not he's going to play, I'm under the assumption that he will. It appears also this, odds makers are based this on number, this number.
5: <laughs> this number assumes that he is going to be playing. So, like, this this number is basically telling us that he's going to play. So, with that, I mean, I guess my – here's my pause, right? Like, so, if I knew that was a healthy – I mean, this number wouldn't be what, what it, it is. If it, if, was, if it was a healthy, you know, Bryce Young. But if, if it was a healthy Bryce Young, whatever, it would be Alabama all day long. I'm taking that and, like – what version of Bryce Young are we going to get? Like, I mean, we can't say for certain what's the, what's the risk, re-injury risk here. What is the chances that, you know, Nick Saban just looks and says, uh, you don't look right. We're going to, you know, you're, you're coming out. Like, there, there's, it's, it's not out of the realm of possibility that any of those things happen in this game. And so with that, it just leads me to a spot where I I don't want to have my money into a game where I don't really know the most important position on the field with the team that I'm backing, that I would be backing, What what's going to be going on there.
2: That's kind of the tough thing for me. I mean,
5: if I was on, if I was on Tennessee in this game, then I would, if I thought Tennessee was the better, I don't necessarily say the better team, but like is the, you know, definitely keep it within touchdown team. Then I'm betting this regardless. It doesn't really matter because your hope is okay. It's either, it's a less than healthy Bryce young. He either has to leave the game due to whatever, or, well, you know, and I think being because of
4: that, that's like a little bit disrespectful in terms of the number for Tennessee, who is 5-0 to this point and has three top 25 wins under their belt at this point. Mm-hmm. Like, Hendon Hooker is legit. Um, I think that we can all agree on that. And they're going to test Alabama's secondary offensively. So I don't think that it's just necessarily whether or not Alabama's offense is going to come out to play, because I think they will. Even Jameer Gibbs has been really good yeah. the last two weeks on the ground. But – I, I like Tennessee here because of those question marks with Bryce Young. Because if, of not knowing how he'll come out. I kind of, like, it makes me want to take the points at home with a team that's been competitive yeah. against everyone they've played. And
5: if you're playing... The Alabama's plus,
4: looked beatable even with Bryce Young yeah, this if year. You're,
5: if you're playing the plus 240, though, on Tennessee, if, you th- if you're playing the money line, you should, in tandem, go and put in a Hendon-Hooker-Heisman ticket as well. Because if they win this game outright... Then he is going to jump right to the top of, and he's of,
4: already at yeah. it. Granted, the number so, is eleven to one, yeah. but C.J. Stroud's a minus number. So
5: definitely, if you if you're if you're betting a money line, you should also be putting in a Heisman Trophy ticket.
6: <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: This is v Final Countdown with Stormy Bonatone and Matt Brown on v the sports betting network.
4: Welcome back, everybody, to the v Final Countdown live from Las Vegas. This segment presented by Zin Nicotine Pouches. Zin Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that's helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering smoke-free and spit-free satisfaction. Zinn understands there's no right time to make a change. Everybody's timeline's a little bit different. Everyone's on their own journey, but whenever you feel like you're ready to take that first step toward change, Zinn will be there for you. Check out Zinn Nicotine Pouches at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N dot com. Welcome back. Matt Brown, Stormy Tony with you as we wrap up hour two of the program and we had a really good point when we were talking about that Alabama-Tennessee game and just kind of wanted to refill it as we get to our pro tip of the hour. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe and get all 20 20- every single day here at the network pro tips from every single show separated by show or by sport. So it's really easy to search on the website as well. But this pro tip just to consider how awards markets could move depending on the result of a game and bet accordingly. And we talked about Alabama and Tennessee. If Hendon Hooker comes out here and has a great day against Alabama, that number is just going to continue to shrink in the Heisman market.
5: Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, like you're, you're looking at a guy that already had at least a little Bit of a narrative around him, anyway. There was a little bit of buzz heading into the season around him. A guy that has been mentioned as maybe being a first round quarterback this year in the NFL draft. And you've seen the success with Tennessee has shrunk those odds down to 11 to 1. Obviously, if they go out and beat Alabama outright, this thing is going to go from 11 to 1 down to. Two to one, three to one, or something like that. And so, if you think Tennessee wins the game outright, you should go ahead and just put a sprinkle on Hendon Hooker for the Heisman, as it is anyway. Because again, that is like, that is a massive step mm-hmm. towards him becoming right up there with CJ Stroud.
4: Ohio State on a buy this week. CJ Stroud minus one thirty favorite, yeah. and it's we're this yeah. early, not even at the midway point of the season. It's crazy.
5: There's, I mean, look, we've seen sometimes these Heisman things go wacky, right? And like Hendon Hooker would be the guy that could make this a little bit wacky, right? I mean, he's the dude that with Tennessee, if they make some sort of miracle run here, it could be that whole Joe Burrow run with LSU in 2019, right? Where it was just a guy that was on the radar. Hinnan Hooker was more on the radar than Burrow was, but Hinnan Hooker was still like 40 to one or something like that, 30, 40 or 50 to one or something to win Heisman. But the team just overperforms. They go out and beat the consensus, you know, let's call it one, one or two team in the, in, In all of college football, he's going to be right there with CJ Stroud and they put themselves in a perfect position for him to even take him over because CJ Stroud was supposed to do this, right? He was supposed to do this. Everyone loves a great story. Everyone loves a feel-good story. Henn and Hooker would certainly get votes from people who, mm-hmm. you know, want that whole narrative as well.
4: Yeah, and I love what you always talk about when it comes to, like, teams to make the playoff or teams to get to a certain point, guys to win awards, is that they have to follow a path, right? Mm-hmm. And with Tennessee specifically, they still got Georgia on the schedule, uh, top-ranked team mm-hmm. in the country right now, approaching in just a couple of weeks. They've still got another ranked team in Kentucky as well. So there's definitely opportunity and lines for him to get there if they do win those games. Now, earlier in the show – We updated our power rankings, Mm -hmm. um, and we talked about our top ten teams. Mm -hmm. But we are also doing a new exercise this week where we're looking at our bottom five teams. Yes, and we have a different worst team in the NFL right now. But it's it's we're close. We're in the wheelhouse,
5: yeah. With all these, and honestly, I wanted to put these in here and, and put these up because I do want people to see like teams that I'm looking each week. To try and fade, right? I mean, I'm looking for mm-hmm. opportunities that maybe, you know, if they're coming off of a somewhat stronger performance, that it would be awesome to be able to go in and like fade them this week and stuff like that. I mean, the Texans would have been a prime example, unfortunately. They're on by Which this week. Which is or still yeah. just bizarre yeah. Yeah. about like, what
4: happened last week, by So, the like, it would
5: have been a prime example. But, like, these are the teams that I'm looking each week and, like, you know, hey, did they look a little bit better than I think they actually really are? Is this a good opportunity to kind of come in against them? So, for me, worst team in the NFL, the Bears, followed by the Panthers at 31, Steelers at 30, Texans at 29, and Commanders. At 28, and those five teams, I look each week. Unfortunately, two of those teams play each other this week, so you can't fade two of the team. You can't fade the team whenever they're playing each other. So, um, unfortunate. Commanders and Bears go at it this week, but yeah, and then 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 like we said, Texans on bye. So it's just so it's a weird week. Panthers thing with the coach being. Fired, so I, I'm not really finding a good spot this week to put this into play, but you get what I'm saying.
4: But it's good not only yeah. to rank where we think teams are, are good and where they have an upward trajectory, but to look at the teams that are really bad and see where you can find opportunity. I was a little bit surprised that the Lions didn't make your bottom five, and then I looked at your list, and I was like, eh. And they're all still pretty bad. Yeah, yeah
5: You're coming. Yeah, kind of like, ah, all right, I get it. You know, um, I get it.
4: I feel like I don't give you enough opportunity on the program to talk golf. So yeah, let's I mean, do this. Here,
5: here's the thing. There's just it's just this tournament. A lot of times around this time of year, it's just too tough for me to to get into handicapping golf. But this is a smaller tournament. It's a 78 person no cut. And more than anything, I just it's it's one of those. It's a little bit whenever you're trying to handicap all these NFL games mm-hmm. and college and all the stuff that's going on and get familiar with NBA when i'm getting a 78 person no cut event where half of the field is literally DOA like just like has zero chance of winning the thing it makes it a little bit easier to go in and kind of go after some of these guys and so just real quick the it's a short it's a short course over in Japan it's only 7000 yards it's super heavily tree lined and so it's just going to favor these guys that are fairway finders that are really good on approach and you don't really have to putt all that well because the this this isn't a birdie fest type course and so the way that this course is laid out it's actually because the weather can be such a crazy factor here there's two greens on every hole and so depending on how the weather is or whatever that that's how they choose which green that you're gonna that you that you play on for the hole because like the weather is so wacky and can be so crazy there. Um, so it's just an interesting little nuance with with this tournament in general. But it's not a birdie fest. It's going to play somewhere like 12 to 14 is my guess under, which kind of gives me a really clear path as to who I'm kind of going after. Look, any model you run is going to have Xander and Sung Jay and Tom Kim and Hideki at the top. Like, it's any any one of them because that's what they fit. They're fairway finders, great approach, all that stuff. So, like, that makes sense. If you want to have something a little bit Mm -hmm. longer in your account – I have Colin Morikawa in there. The guy hadn't won a ton uh, lately. Actually, the first year on tour that he didn't win was this past season. He played a fade his whole life and for whatever reason decided to try to start playing a draw last year. That didn't work out. He's back to the fade. And so uh, I'm jumping back on the Colin Morikawa train here. Uh, I got 16-1, 14-1 I think is still playable if you wanted to get him. Mito Pereira. I heard
4: real quickly on mm-hmm. Colin Morikawa, I heard um, somebody talking about how he'll just bore you to death on this course hitting – Fairways hitting greens. Yeah. It's just a that's strike. Sure. It's a yeah. ball striking clinic. Yeah, that's so that's advantage do. Colin Morikawa. Yeah,
5: and and look, I'm I'm kind of buying in what I think is probably a pretty good buy low spot on him because this is a guy that when he was winning all those tournaments up until last year he was in the same realm as Xander or something like you would be looking at single digits on Colin Markala. So to be able to get him at this price in a field again, that's only 78 people where half the field is literally has like zero win equity is uh is pretty great. Uh, Mito Pereira is a guy who I've been playing a decent amount last year, never really broke through from a winning standpoint, but again, smaller field. He started this year really, really hot. And with it being kind of top heavy here, a guy that I like at 35 to one. And then Tommy Fleetwood, another guy that you can get at 35 to one at DraftKings. He is really good on these type of courses. These courses that you have to play kind of close to the vest and it's not a bomber's course and you don't need to be super long and all that. Like if it's going to be a slog, Tommy Fleetwood is always on the list for me. Uh, one of the good, one of the really good ball strikers out there as well. And again, all three of those guys have had problems putting, but you don't have to putt in tournaments like this, right? Like this is not really going to be a putt fest. And so those those guys just wanted to throw that out there if you want to get a few uh, golf bets in your in your count of
4: sweat this week. The Zozo.
5: The Zozo. I like that. Yeah, over in Japan. Limited and it's it's small field. It's small card for me. I mean it's limited information. It's, you know, obviously with the COVID, it moved out of Japan and it's only so the it's, it's harder to handicap, mm-hmm. but, again, it's just like th- those three guys at those prices I think are worth, like, putting in your account.
4: As we wrap things up here, I mm-hmm. do have a couple bets in Major League Baseball coming okay. up tonight. Um, did you pull I'm the trigger? still not you did sure it? on Bryce Harper, but I oh. do like Kershaw over the four-and-a-half strikeouts, okay. and I think I'm going to roll – ultimately with the under in Dodgers Padres tonight. I just feel like the pitching matchup with Clayton Kershaw and you Darvish both on the hill. The bullpens should be good, especially like the Dodgers bullpens really rested. So I feel like they should have an advantage to keep this low scoring. And I want the Padres to win, but I'm not putting money on it. I'll just be rooting for San Diego tonight to keep it close. How
5: are the ducks the same price as the Kraken? This is God unbelievable. Get
4: how out of here.
5: How are the Ducks the same? <laughs> like is a coin flip with this Kraken squad. They're, they're terrible.
4: T- they're both terrible. They're Clearly you didn't read the Pacific Division uh, <laughs> layout I don't from Andy. not read anything McNeil about the Kraken. I don't want my rough. mind to
5: be changed. I already know how I don't want I don't want to be influenced and maybe think that this team is Somebody I want to bet on never again.
4: Bruins Capitals could be high scoring tonight. If you get in on the NHL action, that's a 7 p.m. Eastern puck drop. You like your caps so much. Think they're going to score?
5: Yeah, sure. Let's do it.
4: (laughs) Yeah, sure. You can can tell that's an off the cuff one. On that note, after Mm -hmm. we give you all of the like legit NFL, college football, baseball Mm -hmm. knowledge that we really worked up today. Hey, we think, you know, hey. Ruins Caps, That sure. could go
5: over. Just always bet against uh, the Kraken. Just remember that. That's, that's, that's,
4: there it is. Fade the Kraken. You're mm. not wrong. Uh, that's a wrap for us today. VEASAN Final Countdown. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be back same time, same place tomorrow. But for now, keep it locked on VEASAN. VEASAN Prime Time coming up next.
0: If you dare.